Hey, what's going on? It's Stokely from Sosandule. So, you know, <laughs> heard some relatively bad news recently. Um, it's bad. Yeah, it's bad news. It's bad news. It's bad news. So, I'm not even going to elaborate into it. Um, but uh, the message or the, the, what I'm learning from it is um, a community. Well, I've been saying the same thing over and over again. I'm saying the same thing over and over again. And I'm going to make a, a concerted effort to have a little more energy in my speech this time because most times I'm very monotone and, and, and I'm making my own self fall asleep when I'm talking. So um, what I'm going to repeat a, the same mantra that I'm always repeating. You got to keep your circle you gotta, you gotta, you gotta um curate your village. You gotta curate your feed, curate the things that you hear, curate the things that you um take in, the th- things that you grasp. Um, they have a f- phenomena, from my understanding, it's and I'm, I hope I'm using the right word. It's called cognitive dissonance, where you can rationalize an idea without holding on to it, without believing in it. And I think that's a good thing in that it allows you to be empathic somewhat. You know, like when people have empathy, they don't necessarily, you know, they're trying to feel whatever the other person's feeling, but they're not, you know, they're not, um, they're not becoming the person, you know, they're not becoming and, and trying to, um, they're trying to see the perspective so that they can understand the feelings of someone else. So they're trying to feel what someone else is feeling, right? Empathy, right? Something like that, right? So my thing is um, you can hear a story or you can hear about something that someone did or, or something, things that people do and not hold it and take it in to yourself as something for you to do. Now... You know, I was watching a documentary last night uh, on Netflix about the crack era or the crack epidemic of the 80s and the 90s. Um, You know, the the, the whole crack epidemic, the way how it's described by the victims and the perpetrators is that for most people, it started out as a trendy thing. So, you know... Most of us aspire to be like the elites. We aspire to live the lifestyle of rich people. We look up to them. That's why they have shows like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. That's why we have shows like Love and Hip Hop and all, all of the Love and Whatever or you know Housewives of This and Whatever. These are all people with more than us, with means. And we aspire to live like them. We aspire to have the clothes that they have. We aspire, aspire to eat the foods that they eat. We aspire to travel to the places that they travel to um, because that's supposedly the definition of really living. Right? But it's not. It's not really. These people are still as empty as anybody else. And filling themselves with material things doesn't make them happy. And and, and I also watched the movie Scarface yesterday. Again, for probably the 30th time. But there was something I missed in Scarface that um, really spoke to me this time. 
and it's not the the, the over the top um, gory violence, but when Scarface, uh, Scarface Manilow, and 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 his wife went to a fine restaurant they had on tuxedos. Um, he was drinking wine. He was. Um, uh, he was, uh, he was, um, you know, he was, uh, he was in, you know, like the place where people with the most money and status and connections and education and prestige go. So Scarface worked and did all the wickedness that he did and amassed millions of dollars in order to gain wealth so that he could access these places. Um, and when he got there, you know, if you get a chance, you know, skip through the movie, skip past all the bad parts, go to the part where he's in the, when he's in the restaurant, he said, this is what I work for. So you get out one day, you're all your stomach is hanging over. You got a big belly. And then you die or something like that. So he said something like that. So basically saying that, you know, you get rich, you get to the top. And then, so what? You just keep consuming. You just keep consuming and consuming and consuming until you just uh, engorge yourself and you get fat. And you just kill yourself with, with consumption. You know, you kill yourself. You know, you just, you just, you just drawing yourself in luxuries and consumption you know that's me paraphrasing that's me tailoring it but basically he was disappointed he made it to the top and he was disappointed because all he was thinking coming up in his formative years apparently was that all he had to do was get rich and then he would be happy but he got rich and he was not happy Right, um, and you see, it's not necessarily that Manolo planted these thoughts into him, but when they were working as dishwashers, they were looking through a window. When they were working in fast food, they were looking through the fast food window, and they saw, they saw some people coming out of a club, and 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 Scarface asked Manolo, uh, he asked him, uh, what he got that I ain't got. And then Manolo makes a joke and said, well, first of all, he's handsome. <laughs> so then he says, well, you know, he got class, you know, he got, he's got nice clothes, you know, he's got money and the money helps, you know? So, so Scarface that day, you know, Scarface, like he, he just totally internalized that, that, that quip or that joke that Manolo told him, like, you know, Manolo was just pulling his leg, but he took it very seriously. And he was so um, he was so convinced that he had to get out of there. So you know, not long after that, they meet um, Omar, Omar, Omar Suarez, I think, or Omar Lopez. Um, and Omar sets them up with the with the Colombian deal, and then the rest is history. So. You know, because of the because he thought that success was what he was seeing through the window of the fast food place, he um, 
he said, you know what? It's not only that, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So he, um, he focused his mind on his goal. And then when he achieved his goal, he was, he wasn't even fulfilled or satisfied or even pleased with himself. And after that restaurant scene is basically when things downturn. The climax of the movie, the climax of Scarface's life in the movie is when he gets married. That's his top, I mean, that's, that's the capstone to his ascension. That's the capstone to his ascension. Because, you know, first he works in a restaurant. Then he does the deal with the Colombians. Then he gets cool with Frank. Then Frank puts him on. Then um, he makes the big deal with Sosa. Then um, Frank doesn't appreciate that he made the deal with Sosa. Then he overthrows Frank. Then he becomes the man. Then he takes um, uh, Frank's girlfriend away and marries her. And, you know... He becomes the top man in, 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 I guess, or whatever. He becomes a big rich guy in, in, uh, in, in Scarface. Anyhow, I'm going, I'm, I'm talking about Scarface a lot, but it, it's just a profound movie. It's, it's telling you a lot. And, and unfortunately, in many communities, we look at Scarface as a, a Cinderella story. But it's not a Cinderella story because it doesn't have a happy ending. It's actually more of a... Um, I don't even know. It's more of a Romeo and Juliet. You know, it's more of a Romeo and Juliet, a fatalistic, nihilistic, suicidal, kamikaze kind of mentality. You know, Romeo and Juliet decided, you know what, if they can't have each other, then they're going to they're going to take their own life. You know, if they can't. I think that's how it went. I think that's how it went. Some went something like that. I think I think in Romeo and Juliet, one of them took something to so that they could sleep to make it seem like they died or something. And then eventually the other one thought they was dead and killed themselves. And then the other one woke up and found out, oh, this one is dead and I don't know, something like that. But anyway, Romeo and Juliet, both both of them died somehow, um, tragically, based on their absolutism. And I was talking I was talking about thinking in absolutes earlier and that things aren't absolute, you know. So it's not, oh, if I don't do this, I'm, I'm going to kill myself. Or, oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to hurt somebody. No, 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 no. Don't do that. So anyhow, um, Scarface, uh, how does it apply to, you know, like regular life? You know what I mean? And how does it apply to what the bad news that I heard was? Now, you know, coming up in... Uh, uh, the, 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 uh, in an African American, uh, pr- 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 primarily African American community, which is dominated by disgusting rap music, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not really gonna retract that statement. So, uh, disgusting rap music and gangster rap music, it kind of glorifies certain kind of behavior. It's a misogynistic, um, I mean, it's exploitative, exploitative, or suicidal, or you know, I mean, you know, we have, we have songs that glorify the selling of crack. I was watching the crack documentary and I was like, oh, my God, this is what these guys were glorifying. The destruction of a whole generation. They made it glamorous and made it seem like it's something cool to destroy. Um, And it didn't just destroy one generation. Because, look, if you watch the documentary on Netflix, there's people who had their children taken away. 
There's people who uh, lost their jobs. There's people who lost their life. Who people who lost who they lost their children. There's people who lost their um, uh, lost everything. Lost everything. Irreparable damage. Some people. Uh, this lady in the documentary. I mean, they don't really feature the the, the people who suffered. Some of the who are living. You know, living casualties of this war. You know, they don't really show that. And I'm speaking about this right now. I'm, I'm next to a guy blasting some rap music that's probably talking about something negative. You know, I don't want to make an assumption because I can't hear it. I can't hear it because I'm talking and I'm recording right now. So I don't really want to hear it. I'm not saying I don't even enjoy it. I enjoy the songs myself. But when you look at what they're glamorizing, they're glamorizing the murder, the poisoning, the destruction of a whole community. And a whole people for for generations to come. And I was actually in the park the other day, talking to, um, talking to a lady, uh, and you know she was like, you know, the 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 world is a worse place, or you know, the sense of community. Yeah, because I was telling her that you know I, we have a block association, we have a block association where I live, and people are highly reluctant to participate in it. And, you know, I kind of attributed it to, you know, the crime wave and the, and the, uh, the, the mental decay that resulted from, uh, you know, the, the, the crack epidemic and the drug epidemic and all of that and all the violence that surrounded that and the distrust and the theft and the, 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 um, the destruction of the sense of community. The, the, you know, I mean, yeah, so I attributed it to that. And then I, that's and then that night I went and watched Scarface and I watched the crack documentary. I'm gonna take this light. Boom. So the um, what am I saying? So um, what am I saying now? So what the bad news I heard recently uh, was a story of you know someone growing up and becoming. A perpetrator of or of a criminal of, of, of criminal activity a perpetrator of criminal activity and it very much disheartened me and was hurt I was hurt about it I mean it, it wasn't really a surprise though because I know that the people who this person was surrounded by were um, people of questionable morals, you know, people who um, celebrate and glorify the same things that these rappers uh, glorify, hyperviolence, misogyny, disrespect, um, uh, self-hate, uh, you know, the, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Terrible, terrible, terrible anti-social behaviors, anti-social behaviors anti-communal behaviors i'm gonna create a word anti-communal anti-social you know anti-social might not be so bad you know you don't want to hang out with anybody you just hang out by yourself maybe you know but anti-communal that means you're fighting you're fighting the community anti-social i guess you're fighting the society because you know the word anti and contra and contra means fight in Spanish. Anyway, no, 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 that makes no sense. Forget what I just said. But 
anti-social, anti-community, anti-communal behaviors. And um, it hurts, man. It hurts to to, to hear that um, people who you care about are a pariah, you know? And <laughs> it's... Um, it's um, uh, it's a very precarious situation in that confronting them puts you in their crosshairs. You know, confronting them puts you in their crosshairs. So the village has to put the pressure on them. The village has to put them in the crosshairs. The village has to put the pressure on them. The village has to correct them. The village has to lead the way and, and set the moral standard and set the the behavioral standard. You know? The, uh, yeah, so the, um, the village has to do it. The community has to do it. The community has to lay the pressure down. Because if the community doesn't do it, an individual isn't going to want to do it. Like I said, I'm, a, I'm an individual. I don't want to do it. I'm an individual. I don't want to confront this person. I don't want to be in their crosshairs. And I don't want to give up my sources either. But, you know, shoot, man. Hey, man, listen. Something has to be done. Something has to be done. So I'm thinking about it. Anyhow. Um, but you got to be careful who your kids hang out with, what they respect, what they find to be interesting, what they find to be entertaining, what they find to be funny, you know, being rude, disrespectful. Um, you know, I mean, that's just the start of it. You know, being uh, and, and now we have a culture that glorifies criminal activity, glorifies theft glorifies misogyny glorifies sex trafficking glorifies drug dealing glorifies um, violence glorifies addiction come on Drake is singing a song he says I took half a Zan 13 hours till I land I don't know what Xanax is prescribed for exactly I think it's prescribed for anxiety I believe it is but based on how he refers to it in the song, he's using it just as a sleep aid so he can sleep through a 13-hour flight. Um, he's using it in a non-prescribed fashion. You know what I mean? So it's... um, And it's not that he's somebody's father and there's kids, you know, like his kids... Um, it's not like, you know, he is somebody's father now, actually. But it's not like, uh, uh, I don't know. It's not like uh, he's um, telling you to do it. But I was having a conversation with my same cousin that was talking, telling me about mindfulness. He's also a musician. He's also a songwriter. He explained to me that um, when... A rapper or when you write a song and you say I you use the word I more in your lyrics 
people are more likely to relate to it. And people are more likely to internalize it. Because when they repeat the lyric, they're saying, I, this, and I, that. So if you say I, if Drake says, I took half a Zan, 13 hours till I land. So if Drake says that, and then you listen to the Drake song and you sing it along, or even if you're listening along, because when you're listening along and you already know it, you're repeating it again in your brain. So you're internalizing it. You're saying, I took half a Zan, 13 hours till I land. I took half a Zan. And then you can see, oh, I took half a Zan. Oh, what's this Zan thing about? What's this Xanax? I took half a Zan. Okay, I already kind of... I, I, I kind of know what it does already. I said I did it already, you know, in my in the song that I just repeated. So if Drake is successful, he's all right. He's rich. He's wonderful. He's good looking. He's got, you know, the adoration and the love of the people. And he just said he took a Zen. And I identify with him and I aspire to be like him. So coming back full circle, which I didn't even intend on coming back full circle, but coming back full circle, when you watch the documentary on Netflix, People were saying rich people take cocaine. We want to take cocaine because we see rich people taking cocaine. It seems like the standard of opulence, just like, you know, we like to buy brands and BMWs and all kind of foolishness like that right now. So people were taking cocaine because it seemed like uh, 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 something of the successful, something that successful people would do, you know. So, you know, similarly... People are taking Xanax and buying Gucci and whatever and BMWs and all that because they think that's what successful people do. <sighs> While, you know, yeah. So let me put a stick in a pin like that. We're just imitating rich people. We're imitating successful people. And in the process, we're getting caught up in things that we have no business getting caught up in. They have their money to fall back on and to insulate them when they fall flat on their face. As working class people, poor class people, even middle class people, there's no big cushion for you to fall back on when you um, fall on your face economically because you're now mentally uh, destroyed by drugs and alcohol or whatever the case may be, or even sugar and or overspending or materialism or consumerism. You know, we don't have that parachute to fall back on. So it's good not to ever even entertain certain kind of thoughts, even entertain certain kind of behaviors, even entertain certain kind of company. So you got to really curate what you um, what you think at, what you think about, what you look at, what you listen to, what you watch. All these things have to be um, guarded. You have to guard yourself from all of these things. Because just like I said, somebody that I know and care about and love has been corrupted and now has turned into... A perpetrator so I gotta go right now but thanks for listening